when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, and welcome to In the Field, a new podcast from IB Times UK. Each week, we speak to journalists and stringers, aid workers, and authors who are at the heart of the global stories that matter. This week, we're speaking to Martin Fletcher, a freelance journalist and former foreign editor at The Times, who in 2015 was awarded Feature Writer of the Year at the British Press Awards. During his trip, he met white farmers that had their homes and businesses seized by Mugabe's forces during his controversial land reform campaign. In most cases, these farms now lie derelict and abandoned, and the seizures are seen as one of the main factors in the economic meltdown that's plagued the African nation since the year 2000. Welcome, Martin. So can you tell us a little bit about what you saw in Zimbabwe? Well, I always compare it to a, a big old oak tree that's being slowly eaten away from within by termites. At first sight... It looks lovely. At least Harare looks lovely. You know, it, it's got great broad avenues with bougainvillea and jacaranda trees and big houses and large gardens. Um, it looks fairly prosperous, but it's all utterly misleading. Mm. If you're white and you have dollars, you're not too badly off. But for the rest of the population, it's desperate. And they're now entering another economic crisis caused by the collapse of industry. And as a result of the collapse of industry, they're quite literally running out of US dollars, which has been the national currency since they abolished their own in 2009. If you go into the country, it's even worse. I mean, there, there are vast swathes of abandoned farmland, which is reverting to bush. Here and there, you'll see you know, small plots, rather pathetic small plots of land. A lot of them are being plowed by people using ox-drawn plows. Um, but there's a general air of desolation. People, there are very, very few jobs, unemployment, 80%, 90%, no money. It's a subsistence economy. I mean, you know, they, mm. they live without cash altogether. Factories have closed. Farm, very few farms are now operating. You know, it's a desperate situation. It's amazing because I remember, you know, when I was at kind of university like 10 years ago or something, everyone talking about how it couldn't possibly get any worse. And yet 10 years on, Mugabe's still there. It's still getting worse. Um, and you wonder how far it can go. You do. I, I was there in, I was last there in at the height of hyperinflation when inflation reached 500 billion percent. In fact, I have, amazing. I have in my desk two banknotes. One is worth one cent, one Zimbabwean cent, and one is worth $100 trillion. And I think they're probably the biggest uh, divergence of banknotes has ever been in history. Um, but that seemed really desperate. But then they abolished the currency. They brought back 
the US dollar and the British pound, which if you think about it, how humiliating is that for someone like Mugabe, who claims to be the father of Zimbabwean independence? And it did recover for a while. But you, know, you, need, you need investment. You need foreign investment. Um, in the agriculture had already collapsed. You need foreign investment to keep industry, especially mining, going. But which outside entity is going to invest in a country which has no respect for the rule of law, for property rights, which seizes farms um, willy-nilly, you know, without any regard for their rightful ownership, um, that imposes an indigenization law which demands that every big company is majority owned by a black Zimbabwean, an indigenous Zimbabwean. So no one is investing in Zimbabwe. Its industry is collapsed. Uh, no money is coming in except for remittances from the probably a quarter of the population that's left the country in order to find jobs abroad. More Zimbabweans now work abroad than work in Zimbabwe. Mm. So, you know, in the 2000s, you had agriculture collapse. Now you have agriculture and industry collapse. And they're heading for something very, very bad, unless Mugabe goes. The um, the land sieges, um, I do want to get on to Mugabe, but the land sieges, when they um, when they first happened, this was kind of quite a while ago but are they still happening the, the seizures of farms and so on are they still well yes but there are not many farms left to seize so in 2000 when they began there were about four and a half thousand white-owned commercial farms and zimbabwe was the you know one of the biggest agricultural producers in sub-saharan africa mm. you know it was the bread basket of southern africa it supplied all the countries around it there are now only about 350 left in white hands, and they survive either because they're very remote or because the owner has a lot of popular support that Mugabe and his goons don't dare to challenge, or because the farmers have collaborated with the regime. You know, they've, they've reached some sort of protection deal or they pay some local godfather X percent of you know, the proceeds. But that said, there are still farms being seized. Um, you know, I can name you two or three at the moment that are in the process of being seized. And those um, those people who have left their farms and have remained in Zimbabwe, I mean, I was interested in that. I, I know a lot of white farmers have headed to other countries like Zambia, mm. um, but so, the ones who've remained, what's why do they stay in, in such... I mean, after having lost your your property, your home, you know, your your livelihood, I mean, you wonder why why you would stick around. Well, an awful lot have gone, as you say, to Australia, to neighbouring countries, back to Britain. A lot of the older ones stayed in Zimbabwe because they had no choice, because hyperinflation had destroyed their pensions. They literally had no money left. I mean, I met some, you know, when I went in the late 2000s, I met some really desperate old farmers who had, didn't have two pennies to rub together. Mm. And some have stayed because they love the country. It's their home. They perhaps think one day they will get their farms back. And some of them have actually done quite well. You know, they've, got, they've diversified. They import fuel or they've gone into business. Or some, actually, are managing farms for their new black owners, which is morally questionable, I think. Um, you know, they don't 
on the, on the whole, asked permission from the, their white colleagues from whom the farms were seized. Mm. I mean, that's incredible. There was an example in your piece about that of uh, when you went back to the farm and, and the, the guy's former kind of employees were now running it. And I mean, that's, it's an it's a incredible situation. Well, actually, uh, yeah, the, the real victims were not the white farmers, though they were obviously victims, but the people who've come off worst were the farm workers, of which there were probably a million. And it was them that Mugabe was really getting at when he ordered the farms to be seized, because they were potential supporters of the opposition movement for democratic change. Mm. And by destroying the farms, he destroyed that reservoir of potential support for the MDC among the farm workers and their families. And most of them are now destitute. They are discriminated against because they used to work for white farmers, so they don't get food aid. You know, of, of Zimbabwe's 12 million people, about 4 million are presently dependent on food aid because there's so little food. Mm. And that aid is, you know, the ZANU-PF, the ruling party, doesn't give it to those who worked on white farms. So they're, they're really desperate, as Ben Threef made clear in, in the piece I wrote for you. Mm. Yeah, he suffered, but he hasn't suffered nearly as badly as those workers. And on the, on the streets, I mean, given this situation, is, on the streets, is there still a, a kind of modicum of support for, for, for the, the leadership, or is, is it completely evaporated now? Oh, I would say it's pretty negligible. I mean, Mugabe does have an aura by virtue of having, you know, been the, the founder of you know, modern Zimbabwe, the, yeah. the in, great independence leader. And in the early days, he, he did some good things, education. He supported farming. But now there's very, very little. When, when I drive around Zimbabwe, you see a lot of soldiers and police hitchhiking because there's very little, you know, mean, they can't afford buses. There's mm. very little other means of getting around. And I always invariably make a point of stopping and picking them up because I know that once they're in the privacy of my car, they'll start talking. Mm. And they do. They, they complain about not being paid. They complain about lack of food. They complain about being told how to vote at elections. You know, they're, they're deeply disgruntled. So it's hard to see. You know, even ZANU-PF now is split down the middle. The battle to succeed Mugabe has already begun. Uh, and there are basically two factions, one of which almost openly says Mugabe should go. You know, he's past his, past his time. Mm. We need new leadership to save this country. And is there a sense that all these policies that Mugabe's followed and have been so, so ruinous to Zimbabwe, is there a sense that it's only him that believes him? Or, or would a ZANU-PF leader who took over probably carry on those? Uh, it depends who takes over. Um, yeah. At the moment, if Mugabe went tomorrow, there might well be some fairly vicious infighting in, within ZANU. We don't know if Grace Mugabe would run. If she did and if she won, which I think is unlikely, she would probably carry on as before. Her, her main concern is to protect her own property and ill-gotten wealth and her family. The more likely successor is Emerson Munangagwa, who is vice president and he has been... Uh, Mugabe's henchman for the last 36 years ever since independence and he's responsible for some of the most brutal things that have happened under Mugabe including the Kukurahundi massacre and uh, the stealing of the when was it 2008 election through sheer physical force mm. 
brutality. But he differs from Mugabe in one sense. He understands economics. He understands that the economy of Zimbabwe has to be saved, if only so he can continue to pay his security forces, because they've almost run out of money for that. And so there's a, a trough for all his ZANU PF colleagues to put their snouts in and keep them happy. Mm. So he understands the need to attract foreign investment, which, you know, and from that a lot flows. You know, he will res- probably restore property rights and the rule of law. He will make it investor-friendly. He won't liberalize it politically. He won't ease up on the repression. But he will, you know, he's quite a capable man and quite an intelligent man. And I think he would take steps to restore the economy, which is perhaps the most we can hope for. Because I don't set much store by the opposition parties, even if they were able to win what would undoubtedly be a rigged election. I mean, it's interesting. I'm just back from Tanzania, and, and that's, you know, obviously one of Zimbabwe's neighbors, but makes a huge amount from tourism, seems to be fairly well run. And you think that Zimbabwe could be the same. It has a lot of tourist potential. People, I mean, you know, investors are lining up to invest in Zimbabwe. It's got huge mineral wealth, diamond, gold, all sorts of minerals. There are going to be huge contracts to um, restore the defunct infrastructure. And you can do that on a sort of build and what I build and lease well, you build it and they, they pay you back over a number of years. Mm. I th- you know, given if, if the rule of law was restored, if property rights were restored and guaranteed, I think Zimbabwe could recover very fast. Plus, you have a huge diaspora of well-educated people. You know, most of the brightest and best have left, a lot of whom I think would love to go back and live in, Z- in Zimbabwe because it's a, you know, it's a beautiful country. It's got a fabulous climate expat Zimbabwean there's always you know he always longs or she always longs to go back to Zimbabwe I think you know, and they have this institutional memory of what the country used to be like and what it could be again so you know I think it could change quite fast it's what it's what kind of confuses me and maybe it's my ignorance of that part of Africa but um, if there's so much money to be made from kind of minerals and so on, I don't understand why a government of any type, even a Mugabe government, wouldn't want to get their hands on that money. In, you know <laughs> well, what I mean? Yeah, well, that is exactly the problem. They do get their hands on the money. Right. So the diamond fields, which were discovered in the mid-2000s, um, uh, by Mugabe's own admission, they've generated $15 billion dollars that in his words have, have disappeared. You know exactly where it's gone. It's gone to all his cronies and to him. Yeah. You know, it, it's a profoundly corrupt country. The annual budget of the Zimbabwean government is $4 billion. I mean, just imagine if that $15 billion had been spent for the good of the people on infrastructure projects and education and housing. It would have gone a long, long way. So, and it's just been stolen by the, by the bigwigs. Yeah, it's incredible, but and it also makes me think though that when Mugabe goes and he's pretty old, he probably he will he can't live forever. That somebody else will just want to get their hands on that money, and there's no reason there'll be a democratic transition. Well, the diamonds don't last forever, and I, I my sense is they're diminishing. And as I said before, you need foreign investment to get diamonds, gold, magnesium, graphite, whatever it is, out of the ground. Yeah, and they haven't got that. Well, thanks so much for your time. It's been really interesting talking. And um, all, for all listeners who want to see more of Martin's work, they can check out his website or ibtimes.co.uk where he reports is from Zimbabwe recently. 
Um, and thanks a lot. Pleasure. So that's the situation on the ground in Zimbabwe. We've included rich links to both Martin's article for IB Times UK, as well as our own coverage of the country. So if you're listening on ACAST, please check them out. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review us. Thanks for listening and take care. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.